Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi everyone, I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, October 14th. When one thinks of wireless charging, it might not rise to the top of the list of new innovation. After all, charging smartphones wirelessly has become more mainstream over the last several years. And the first car to offer wireless smartphone charging as an in-cockpit technology feature debuted in 2013. Barack Azpanichi, head of vehicle and mobility systems research at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, and his team are working hard to drive the future of wireless charging in the automotive industry. How? By working at the forefront of charging electric vehicles wirelessly. He sees a future where transmitters embedded in roadways, parking lots, and your home's garage charge EVs while they sit still and while on the move. And he says the technology has matured enough to make that vision of the future a reality. Oak Ridge has been partnering with companies like UPS and Local Motors to pilot the technology. The National Lab is also working on an effort to embed wireless charging transmitters the scientists at Oak Ridge have developed in some test roadways in Michigan. It's all part of an effort to make EV charging more efficient, regardless if that is done using plugs or if that is done wirelessly. And, according to Oz Panici, the more efficient we can make EV charging, the more positive the benefits on the electrical grid, infrastructure, and ultimately, consumers. What is the science behind wireless charging of electric vehicles? How does the time it takes to charge an EV wirelessly compare to charging using a plug? And what are the milestones ahead as the technology moves towards full-scale commercialization? Here's my discussion with Barack Azpanichi, Head of Vehicle and Mobility Systems Research at Oak Ridge National Lab. Barack, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. We talk a lot about electric vehicles on this show. This is a topic that I'm just excited about because we haven't talked about it much, and that's the topic of EV wireless charging. Let's start today's conversation. If you could, can you describe to our audience the science behind EV wireless charging? How does it work? And where are we today in the maturity of the technology? Steve, uh, we've been working on wireless charging now for 13 years. We start with, you know, very basic low power things. So the, the technology overall is, is somewhat, I, I think of it as similar to being a radio. Okay, it's not exactly radio technology, but there are some, a lot of similarities in the sense that we have a transmitter. The transmitter coil actually sits uh, on the ground or embedded in the ground. And we get uh, grid voltages and we convert them to make them high frequency and apply them to the coils, transmitter coils, and they they generate this electromagnetic field. So when we pull the car on top of these coils, with the receiver coil being under the vehicle, we get energy transferred from from the transmitter to the receiver. And the the energy received by the receiver is then converted again to be be fed back into the battery. So this is the way we charge uh, the vehicle. So basically you have to make sure that the coils are somewhat aligned. the more aligned they are, the better it is. But if, if there are some misalignments, I think uh, it will, they will still work, but maybe at a little reduced power. But more or less, the technology works like this. 
So is this something that happens when the vehicle is parked or in what you just described, are we looking at a future where these transmitters are embedded in roads and it's charged on the move? Both, actually. Uh, we have been working on uh, stationary ones where you, you park over a coil and then uh, you can charge your vehicle. But for the future, our vision is to have dynamic wireless charging. So what that means is we can give you enough, enough energy to propel your vehicle when you're driving on the interstates. Any recent breakthroughs, any innovations that have accelerated the development of wireless charging in electric vehicles? So uh, maybe I can tell you this. You know, since we've been working on this for 13 years, over the years we learned, uh, we found out new challenges we had to overcome. So in 2018, we demonstrated 120 kilowatt wireless charging in the in the lab through a six inch gap. So when we did that, the coils we designed, they were 120 pounds each. So you know, if you if you think about putting these coils under the vehicle. They're really heavy. They're, they mm -hmm. weigh as much as a passenger. So they, we thought the OEMs wouldn't be happy with that. So after that, we had to look at new coil designs. So we came up with our polyphase design that actually reduces the size and weight of these coils. So that's, I think, for, for us, that's a breakthrough that will enable high-power wireless charging. Now, another thing, of course, uh, something we have been working on over the years is you know increasing the power levels because... You know, when you, when you have an electric vehicle, uh, you have to, uh, if you're charging them uh, in a charging station, sometimes you have to wait for four to five minutes an hour if you have really fast charging. And, you know, we need, we need to go to these high power levels in wireless too. So we demonstrated 120 kilowatts earlier, and we have been going up uh, since then too. We want to go to higher power levels so that we can charge your vehicles in 10, 15 minutes or less. Do you think we're going to get to that future where wireless charging is on par with traditional plug-in EV, fast charging, et cetera? So th that's a very interesting question because when we have visitors, I get this question about how fast, uh, which one is faster, wireless charging or wire charging? The answer, actually what they're asking is the efficiency. Uh, I have two answers for this. The first one is if you design your wireless charging system to output the same power as the wire charger, then the battery will be charged at the same time, just same time as wire charging. The second answer I give them is the efficiency. The difference between uh, plugging in your vehicle and using wireless charging is all the power conversion stages are the same. For wire charging, you have a transformer that's really closely coupled, but for wireless charging, we have a transmitter and receiver that are six inches apart. As long as we can make the efficiency of our coils similar to the efficiency of a transformer, we get similar uh, efficiencies on charging. And that's what we're doing. We are very closely uh, close to wire charging efficiencies. Now there's a misconception. Sometimes people think that, you know, when I plug in my vehicle, basically it's just a cable. That's not really the case. We have, a, we have many power conversion stations, as I mentioned, just like wireless charging. I'm curious, when we talk about wire charging, one of the benefits is actually the vehicle giving power back to the home. Is that possible through wireless charging? Yes. And actually, uh, just before uh, the pandemic started, we had a demonstration in our laboratory. Uh, we worked with uh, UPS. Uh, they sent uh, one of their brown trucks to our lab here, and we retrofitted their uh, vehicle for uh, 20 kilowatt bidirectional wireless charging through 11 inches. So the challenge with that was, of course, one, the gap is uh, more than six inches. And also we had to uh, include 
grid support functionality for bidirectional operation. And it worked really well. We got really high efficiencies there too. You speak about the electrical grid, or you just mentioned the electrical grid. Is there any sort of impact on the electrical grid that is different in wireless charging when compared to traditional plug-in charging? Uh, maybe here I can tell you my vision about you know where where I think we should be would be going. Uh, so when you come home, uh, if you have wireless charging, you just park your car, and then you your car starts charging without you thinking about. It. When you go to work, you can have the exact same thing. And if we can charge your vehicle uh, when you're driving from home to work, you know you're not stopping somewhere in one location at home or a charging station and charging your car from zero to hundred percent. You're distributing the charge along the city. And if you're driving on the interstate, you're charging it. You know you're distributing the power demand in various different locations, various different utilities. So mm -hmm. that actually helps with grid because now. If you're getting this charge, uh, going to work and back, when you come home, uh, you don't maybe you don't need the six, seven kilowatt uh, charging anymore because you're not using much of the battery capacity and uh, you don't have to you won't have to wait for long, even if you charge at a lower level. So if you're charging at a lower level at home and with your neighbors the same way, the impact will be less. So the way I think of it is if we can achieve this, then the impact of charging on the on the electrical grid would be less with wireless charging. We'll be right back with more. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Well, it's interesting if I then put on my persona, if I think of myself as a consumer, this notion that I can just go to the grocery store and park and my vehicle charges, right? We've had this notion of con convenience. It's going to be more convenient to charge your electric vehicle because you can do it at the grocery store, because you can do it at school. You're not limited to going to gas stations to refuel your vehicle. This seems like an even more convenient uh, 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 opportunity for consumers and maybe something that they're not aware of. Definitely. Actually, I'm an EV user and I've felt range anxiety, even though the electric vehicles right now, they have higher, higher uh, ranges. So th this exists. The way my vision is to eliminate range anxiety. If we had wireless charging like this, like I mentioned, you mm -hmm. never have to worry about charging your vehicle. That will be <laughs> transparent to you. 
it becomes absolutely seamless. The notion of going to a gas station to refuel or a fueling station, you know, it just kind of goes away. It's a more convenient uh, ownership experience. Exactly. So let's talk about infrastructure. Lots of conversation going on right now in the United States relative to investments in roads and bridges and electric vehicles and charging stations are all part of that. Does wireless charging have any sort of implications on EV structure in the United States? Um, you know, does this technology help accelerate the build out of an EV of an EV infrastructure in America? So uh, maybe you know, compare. Maybe I can compare this to wire charging. So in, in wire charging, you would have these uh, charging stations like gas stations you mentioned, and you will have to stop and charge. Maybe let's say, you know, if you're charging at uh, high powers, let's say 350 kilowatts, and you have uh, ports for let's say eight vehicles. So that means you will need a lot of power in certain locations, just like, you know, gas stations, but this time these are for charging stations. If we can achieve wireless charging everywhere, then we won't have to worry about that. Having said that, though, you know, wireless charging also introduces uh, needs for new infrastructure. So charging on the highways, you know, it's not it's not something uh, that can be done without additional infrastructure. So we will have to in that case, we will have to put these charging stations on the roadways. Of course, we will need power from the grid. So, you know, the good thing is that whenever I'm driving on the highways, I see power lines all going, running parallel with the highways. So maybe we can tap into them at some point and then get some power. So there will be some additional infrastructure needs on the wireless charging side to achieve these, uh, you know, dynamic wireless charging systems. But for the uh, extreme fast charging, you can do wired or wireless. It will be the same in that sense. I mean, the infrastructure needs will be the same if you compare the two of them in that sense. Can you describe any sort of partnerships that Oak Ridge is creating and testing this wireless charging? And maybe what are you learning from some of those? Sure. So if our goal is to actually develop new technologies uh, so that you know these technologies we develop can be eventually commercialized so that's that's one of the things one of the targets we have when we uh, when we design new systems when we build them we publish everything we find we're open since these are uh, taxpayer funded projects we have open publications so everyone can see you know all these all the findings we have uh, but you know some of the ideas we patent them and uh, we open them for licensing to companies we had we announced a licensing agreement uh, with uh, hebo uh, a new york based company recently so they, they licensed two of our patent applications so they are they want to take these and then actually uh, manufacture these wireless charging systems so you know that that's the next step for us in our partnership with them but you know while we're doing research we worked other comp with other companies too, like Local Motors is another one. It's a local company here. Uh, they they build these autonomous shuttles. We had a project with them recently. Uh, we installed some wireless charging uh, in their in their uh, autonomous shuttles. And I mentioned the UPS project where we actually had the UPS truck and demonstrated the operation in our labs. And one thing I forgot to mention is this truck will be sent back to the uh, UPS facilities where uh, they will be. Uh, demonstrating this over there over long term, see the operation and how it fits their needs for uh, operation of their campuses. So when you look at these various partnerships, these various test cases that you're you're doing out in the market, any aha moments? You look at these and anything that surprised you that you might have learned? So uh, of course, you know we we build these things in the lab first, and anytime you take them out out in the field, you learn something new. 
So one example I'll give you, uh, this was more than 10 years ago. Uh, we retrofitted a Toyota Prius vehicle uh, at that time. And uh, you know, that was for the internal project and we installed it on campus. Uh, but the wireless charging system wasn't really uh, working really well. And then we discovered, for example, there were some uh, metal pipes right under where we installed the wireless charging systems. So uh, they were, the wire, wireless system was coupling to those. So that's something we learned, right? So we learned how to shield our wireless charging systems so that it doesn't happen. And you know, one of the concerns we hear from the OEMs is you know, the wireless uh, electromagnetic fields coupling with the undercarriage of the vehicle. And you know, we, uh, we always measure these things. We also measure the electromagnetic fields in different distances so that you know, we want to make sure for safety uh, purposes, we want to make sure we're below the safety standards for electromagnetic emissions. So, you know, when we do these tests, we always measure the uh, induction on, in the other carriage of vehicles or the uh, electromagnetic fields so that, you know, we learn from there. For 120 kilowatt system, we were below the uh, standards. So for 300 kilowatts we're going after, uh, we had to develop new shielding technologies to make sure we stayed below the safety standards. Are there any cyber implications here? Is this a area where... Uh, nefarious actors could enter the the vehicle ecosystem so anytime anytime you have electronics i feel like right now that you know they can try to enter so uh, w at this point we are not uh, necessarily looking at uh, how to prevent cyber attacks that would be the next stage and all the research being done for wire charges could be applicable to this too so let's take a look ahead. What's next in the development process? Any big milestones you're working towards? And I think the question, the, the closing question is, when are we going to see this technology in full commercialization? So that's something I'm looking forward to. Hopefully one day, one of these days, sooner than later, we'll have these uh, uh, technologies commercialized. I know that there is uh, one OEM right now. They were offering this as an option for their plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. I don't know where that is right now. With our partnerships and uh, with companies and Hevo licensing uh, this technology, I'm hoping that you know the commercialization will happen sooner than later. As far as our uh, milestones, we have two uh, great projects right now we're working on. One of them is demonstration of 270 kilowatt wireless charging, and we're hoping to do that in a few months. So uh, through a six-inch gap, so this will show us that you know we can achieve extreme fast charging with uh, in a wireless uh, manner. The second project I'm really excited about, we, we talked about the dynamic wireless charging today, so we want to demonstrate it uh, on the road. So we have been working on this project for a few years now, and we're hoping that uh, in the spring timeframe, uh, it depends on, depending on COVID, of course, mm -hmm. uh, we're hoping to demonstrate this in Detroit. Now, our dynamic wireless charging system is a little different than uh, what you might see uh, in the news. So when you see other demonstrations, they want to retrofit, let's say, let's consider a mile. They want to retrofit the whole mile with wireless charging, and they usually pick 20 kilowatts. Uh, what we're looking at is we don't want to uh, spend all that money and all that infrastructure for just one mile. I mean, for the mile and to cover the whole thing. We're looking at only covering 10% of the mile. So instead of you know putting these coils throughout the mile, we're going to put these coils for 10% of the time, but we're going to bump up the power. So we're looking at 200 kilowatt dynamic wireless charging for only 10% of a mile, so that that will give you enough energy to make up for the energy you would spend going through the whole mile. 
that's the plan and demonstration will hopefully be in the spring. Rux, such a fascinating conversation. I appreciate you taking a few minutes and joining me today on the show and giving us the latest of what's going on with wireless charging and electric vehicles. Very good perspective, very insightful. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Steve, for inviting me. I really enjoyed speaking to you here, too. That's Daily Drive for Thursday, October 14th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.